This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Hi, Rabbi. You could ask me to record it. Is that okay? Okay, I guess we can start. Um, it's if you have this pamphlet, it's on page 15. We've done something like this before, once or twice. Um, basically, these are sheets that we do in Yeshiva Shabbos morning. And we obviously don't do much more than two or three pages at any time. Um, it's a collection of different Rishonim on the Parsha. And since this week is the, was the Akedah, and the Akedah is a very, very important Parsha, and there's a lot to be said on it. So I felt we can we would go through some of it about the Akeda. Um There are obviously a lot of Rishonim that deal with the Akeda. Um we, we will only, we, we I think we have time only to do the Rambam. But let me, two things. First of all, this Rambam that we're doing comes from uh, Moran Nebuchim, which he wrote. Uh, Moran Nebuchim is a sefer that, um, it's very mixed. In other words, there are parts there that are very complicated uh, Aristotelian philosophy, very difficult to understand it, very difficult to work with it. Uh, there are parts there that he just explains very simple shots on certain things, and there are pieces there that are actually extremely learnable, and uh, it has the Rambam's Cheshivas. The main problem usually with learning it is, in the, in the original versions, it's a simply very run-on. It's translated from Arabic, and it's very difficult. It's simply the technical Hebrew is very difficult. I try to break it up a lot so we get a, a much easier, a, a little more user-friendly way to learn it. I, I want to frame first the question that he deals with and others deal with. It's called an Isaiah, and Isaiah means a trial, a trial. And the parasha ends with HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying, Atta yadati kimata. I now know that you are Yerelikim. It sounds as if it's something was not known before. The word Nisayon in modern Ivrit is used that way. You, um, the word Nisayon is an experiment. I'm not quite sure if the silver will react to something. I'll take silver, I'll mix it with something, and see if it reacts or not. And when the experiment is conducted, I now know whether the silver reacts with X, Y, or Z. Um, that is a very troubling 
idea because to say by Akarish Baruchu that he did not know and then he know it, knew afterwards is problematic. We, we, we don't say that. We can't say that. So what exactly is an Isayon? What's the point of an Isayon? The, the normal way we talk about an Isayon is like this. We have a mitzvah, I have a mitzvah to dab in the morning. It's hard to get up. It's cold. That's simply the, the hardships of life and the minus yonos to do something. So Akash Prabhu gave me a series of mitzvahs. He gave me a mitzvah to keep Shabbos. I have problems because of my nose, because of this, because of that. It's a personal soil. But it's not that God gave the soil. God gave the mitzvah and life and my personal, um, and my personal issues create the soil. But the concept of having a soil where God dumps a hardship on you is hard to understand. And also, the idea as if HaKadosh Baruch seems to be testing it in the sense that he wasn't sure about it, and then became sure is something that we can't say about HaKadosh Baruch The Rishayim all talk about it. It starts from the Ebenezer. We have it, Rabban, the Rambam, the Barbanel. And I'm choosing the Rambam because there are some very, very strong points in the Rambam, and that's why I'd like to do that. So it's on page 15, sort of the middle. The titles, the subtitles, and the um, and a lot of punctuation is is my work, it's my else's work. It's not the way normally it's it's, it's the, the, the 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 Rambams, the modern books, the horribly use the unfriendly sort of one one on sentence. I try to make it so that we can break it up a bit and sort of get some sense of it. Okay, he says, Inyan Hanisoyon Gankain Mesupik Me'od, Vuakodlo Shemem Mesupokia Torah. The concept of Nisoyon is a difficult, the word Mesupik means something that is very hard to understand what it is. And it's one of the great difficulties in understanding in the Torah what a Nisoyon means. He quotes six places where the Torah calls a Nisoyon. He describes each one. I don't know if we'll do all of them. But let's, let's go piece by piece as we keep the flow. So the Rambam brings down a shita that he addresses a few times and that he holds as absolutely wrong. Some people understand that God brings suffering because suffering increases char. Just suffering in its own right is a very good thing. I, I, I guess, I don't know what good is, but it's, it's it's, it's a useful thing, and people understand Eo that way. who gave suffering, and, um, and the suffering itself is good for you. The Rambam is very strongly against it. The Rambam holds, you're not allowed to say that, because it says in Hazinu that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is Kela Muna, Ve'ein Oval. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is just, and it means every action of HaKadosh Baruch Hu fits the criteria of Mida Connect Mida, and there's no such thing as dumping hardships and punishments on a person just to increase Chak. So the Rambam is very against that. So we, you know, some Rishonim had learned that Nisoyon, or some people have learned Nisoyon means just that a Baruch who increases hardships, just brings a hardship on a person, and a hardship in its own right is good. The Rambam is very strongly against it. Zeus Pina, this concept it's not mentioned anywhere. And even if you're learning in Pshat, 
none of the places that deal with Nisoyen would lead us to believe that. Only one of the six places that the word Nisoyen is mentioned in the Torah might even lead you to think about it. I'll explain it. Avopina Satora, the word pina the Rambam uses is, it means a cornerstone. A pina means a corner, and it means a, one of the fundamentals of the Torah, hepech de'adat, is opposite this idea. Who Amro Yisbarach Kelebuna Vein Pavel. The Pasik says, Akarish Baruch is faithful, he's just, Atsur Tami Paolo, and he's Mishpat in Kelebuna Vein Pavel. And and the Chazal argue this. The Rambam in a different place says it's machlokes in the Gemara, and the halacha is like this: that nothing that happens can be ascribed to other than just. We we might not see the justice, we might not know the justice, but to say that Kachbaru uh, just brought suffering on somebody because it's good and so right, that's something that. Any person who consists of Ben Torah, meaning he's bound to the Torah's values, and has Seichel, must believe that HaKadosh Baruch is absolutely just. You can't attribute any type of injustice to HaKadosh to, to believe that somebody is absolutely innocent and didn't deserve what came to him absolutely is going against the Amuna of HaKadosh Baruch Amuna and so on and so forth. I need not tell you that all of Sefer Yield builds around this part. Um, Sefer Yield is a very, very difficult Sefer. Uh, I don't know if the teachers in the, in the, seminar, in the high school here teach Yield, and, uh, but the, the Sefer Yield builds around it. Um, the Eos friends kind of that, and so on, back and forth. It's not the topic we want to go into. I just want to mention that that is the core Eos about other reasons for suffering other than punishment and so on and so forth. But Akapadim, what is it? So what is an Isoyan? So the concept of an Isoyan being something that HaKadosh Baruch just dumped on a person, that the suffering itself should be, should be meritorious in any way, is wrong. Omnam, the Ram says, some have written that the, the, the idea of Nisoyon is to praise the person. Some Rishonim actually say this. Nisoyon is to hold up high, like Nisoyon is a banner. And to, to show everybody how wonderful Klaus is, how Roma Vino is, and so on and so forth. Um, he, he doesn't like that either. He says he thinks this is, that's, it's very problematic. I mean, only two people knew about it. No one else, it wasn't, it, it wasn't publicized any other way. He brings down all the psukim of the sun. So the Rambam does not feel that it is a, it's, it's done in order to display chashivas of a person and so on and so forth. Some Rishonim don't say that, the evidence brings to it, doesn't like that 
now the Rambam will explain a little bit. He start explaining his concept of Nisayin and so on. Da he says, Ki kol Nisayin shebab ein kavanoso v'nyano ela sheyedu b'nei adam mashetzarchal nasoso u'masheror la'minay. U'keilu inyan Nisayin sheyatsa ma'isa echad ein akavane gufa ma'isa hu al kavane sheyemoshul shilum den v'yachach. So the Rambam puts down his idea of what an Isayin is. He says, there are things that you can teach through words, and there are things that you can teach through actions. And sometimes the only way you can display something is by showing an act that that becomes a model for understanding something. In other words, an Isayin would mean to display something, and that's what he says, it's just like when I test something, I mean that to be extrapolated to the rest of it. If I take a piece of cloth, they always say, I tested it, if you want to wash it or whatever, test a small corner someplace and see if it fades or whatever it is. That means the purpose of it is not that small corner. The purpose of it is the rest of it. It's, it's there to extrapolate on everything else. So there are certain activities in the Torah where the tachlis lies in itself. This in itself was the activity that Kodesh Baruch wanted. And there are certain activities that are meant to teach a whole array of other things by, by its own, through, it, through the events themselves, we learn about other things. It's a model for other things. And as we'll see later, there are sometimes things that words can't be, can't be used, and actions are the way to do it. So the Rambam says, um, Nisoyim is that. Nisoyim means, and it covers a wide range of things, an activity whose purpose is to extrapolate on something much bigger than the event itself. Let's see one as an example, and then, and then we'll go to, to us. He, he goes through all the cases. The Rambam is very meticulous. The Amru, for instance, it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing it to see do you really have Avas Hashem or are you going to fall for the Navi Sheker. So he says, It doesn't mean that I should know. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows. We, we, we pass it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's total knowledge of things that they are. He doesn't need to, to, to run a test. It's to teach. It's, it's not to, to make us hush um, in the eyes of, of the umos. It's to teach a model of what does emuna look like. How strong is emuna in Harsinai? When somebody comes up and he says he has prophecy, he has, he has visions, he has prophecy. And he displays all sorts of signs that indicate it. Little Nisim, little Mosim, this, that. How strong do we accept the fact that our Sinai? Um, for instance, if, if somebody were to come in here and display magic, he makes a table lift up. None of us would question the laws of gravity. Nobody would say, well, hmm, 
I've learned a lot about gravity, but this guy seems to walk in tables with stuff, chairs go all over the place. Um, nobody would say that. We'd say, I wonder what, what the trick is. The same thing, a person walks in and he says, I have a new set of uh, Muna for you. I have a new set of mitzvahs or abrogating mitzvahs or whatever it is that a novice second does. And he does little tricks and things. Well, it, how strong is our sense of the MS in our Sinai? Just like there's nothing in the world that would make a person doubt the laws of gravity. No matter, uh, we attend the magic show and you see a, a, a table lifts up and, you know, see the ropes underneath it, the ropes on top. We just wonder what the trick is. But nobody doubts it because it's a very firm emiss. The Nisayan of a Navi Shekhar means how strong do we, how strong is this, is the sense of Harsinai? Well, here somebody does also little tricks and magics and things that are supernatural, and it doesn't phase us. That's called Nisayan. It's a demonstration. You can't give it the words. I mean, we say you have to very, very much believe in Harsinai. Well, you do. But, when you see somebody come in and do all sorts of magics and thousands of people swore that this person did this, this, or that, you say, it can't be. It just can't be because we saw Harsinai and that is an absolute. That is a projection of what um, Amuna is. So he says, um, he wants to display what does Amuna mean. You don't just go astray because somebody's sort of talked you out of it. It means that when people turn to Amuna, they know that they're searching for the truth. And when they're looking for emes, they're looking for something that is as firm as that. They don't care about the tricks. Because it's like an impossibility. If somebody's a great mathematician, and he, and he, I, I, I remember in algebra class, um, there was a cute trick where you could prove that 2 equals 1. Uh, the fallacy was, for those who had interest, was that somewhere along the line, you were, you were multiplying by 0, dividing by 0. I don't remember already. But... And you look at it and you say to yourself, well, it's a neat trick, but it's a trick. Two is not going to equal one ever. I'm just trying to figure out how it got that way. The, 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 the Ramam says, the reason why we don't care about those mofsim is if they she clear elanim nos. It's an impossibility. A mofes can prove a possible thing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said there is a possibility of prophecy. A person comes along, and he's a possible prophet. So I believe that there are some people that can lift up 100 kilo. So a person comes and lifts 100 kilo, I say, oh, he's strong. He lifts 100 kilo. But nobody, in, in my sense of impossible, nobody can make 100 kilo rise by itself. Not even 50 kilo. It just doesn't rise. So the understanding that Mofet can only help for something that is possible, not for something that's impossible. And Muna means perceiving the truth of something as being as absolute as any reality that we're physically aware. We'll see more about that in the Akedah also. I, I want to digress just to follow up a story that um, I, I thought is one of the most powerful things I read ever. Um, the, um, it, 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 just, it just hammers on a certain point about this, even though this is quote-unquote a side point in the Rambam, but it, it's well worth remembering, especially today when people are very involved in these things. Um, one of the many splits in Hasidus 
or between two groups, there was Kotsk. Kotsk was a group, the Kotsk Rebbe was somebody who strove for pure evidence. And in a way that was extremely harsh. Any, any time a person did a mitzvah and he felt it was 100% right, the person would get as much tochacha as if he did an avera. And it never seemed to be good enough. He was, he, you know, the better you were, the more demanding he was. And it, it, it you know, it, it created tremendous pressures. And at some point, one of his big time meters broke away and he said, you're demanding the impossible from people. And he said, the operation is wonderful, but it kills the patient. And we, we can't, we can't handle it. And the, and the Talmud's name was the Ishmael, the Meshulach, Liner, he broke off and formed his own chassidus, and, and it, like all break-offs, it was not easy. And there was a lot of tension, the groups were split apart, I mean, it was his Talmud who broke off, but that's how it was. There were two partners. One was a Kotzka chassid, a business partner, and one was a, 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 a Rezina chassid. And um, they made up business as business, politics, politics, we keep the politics out of business, and we do business together, business went very well, things were going well. Um, one day, business started going downhill, and it started getting worse and worse. And the um, the the uh, the Radina uh, Chassid became sick, and he became more ill, and he was dying. And he called in his partner, and he said, "Listen, we've been faithful partners for so many years. Um, I want to ask you for a favor—not an easy one, but I need it." I'd be glad to do it. He said, could you go to my Rebbe and ask for a bracha for me? So he was caught between a rock and a hard place, uh, you know, suffolk fear, suffolk, uh, but, but in the end he said, listen, I'll do it for you. Not, not easily, but I'll do it. So the Kutz, the Chutz, picked himself up, he went to the Rezina Rebbe, and he said, he walked in, he said, I want to tell you something, my Rebbe is Kutz, the Rebbe, um, you know, we're very upset with you, but I have a partner, and this is what he asked for me. So the Rebbe thought a few moments, and he said, if I create a miracle and your partner recovers and the business recovers, will you stop your opposition to me? Will you become a chassid of mine? He said miracles can be done through magic. They don't prove anything. He said, and what if I prove to you that it's not kishuf, that it's emes? So he told him the truth that was acquired through blood and sweat, you don't trade in for all the magic in the world, for all the tricks in the world, and all the most in the world. And the end of the story, which I think was, it was the story actually so was written by somebody who comes from the Kotzka Gezer. He said, Razina Rebbe told him, if, if you promise me that you will remain always so faithful to your Rebbe, then I'll give a bracha that to recover and the business recovers. That was the end of the story. But the point that I wanted to just emphasize was, a person, emuna means a person acquires something and understands something with such a strong sense of reality that tricks don't do anything for him. It's, you know, tricks, it, it, uh, uh, most of them can prove the possible, like Ram says. They can't prove the impossible. It's sort of a side point to the point that we're doing, but it, it's just valuable in its own right. Let's skip down a few of the paragraphs where he goes to El Nisionos. Um Hakeda. It's on the next page, on page 17. And here he speaks specifically about the Akeda. We've skipped over how he dresses the other ones. Avraham Avinu's Akeda 
brought out, demonstrated two great fundamental um, fundamentals of the Torah. The first one is to understand the bounds of Abbas Hashem and Yira, where does it go to? He told him to do something which don't come close to it. It's something that could not possibly, we couldn't even dream of it. We couldn't imagine a person actually accomplishing it. And he, and he fleshes out. Here's a man who's childless. With the greatest desire to bring out a child. A very important person. And what he wants more than anything else is to bring out a nation from a child of his that will become the Umma of HaKadosh Baruch After he's given up all hope, he finally had the child. It's unimaginable how much love he has for that child. Because of year and Ava, Boaz loved Avahu, he, was, he overcame his love and left everything he hoped for. Um, I want to stop and pause and explain something that I think is not clear in, in, in the way he's saying it. So he says the first thing he says is it's, it's a type of thing that we couldn't put it into words. If it didn't happen, actually, we couldn't put it into words. But I, I want to pinpoint what he says the Av and the Yer of Akadosh overcame the Av and Yer. Um, it's not quite the way we imagine it. Let's take an example. Let's say I have a very, very good friend, and I really like him a lot. Fine. I have somebody else that I like even more. Then I'm willing to do a lot for friends and so on. If a friend of mine would tell me, to be a friend of mine, you have to dump the other friend. Um, it wouldn't sit well. I mean, what does it mean? I can't remember that you either like me or you like Yitzchak. What does it mean, Avosavir, also? Of 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 Akadosh Baruch who overcame the Avinir of Yitzchak. It, it was Akadosh Baruch who was kind of giving him a choice. Just, I, just not. I mean, that's not the way. I, I don't think that's the, that's not the way to picture it. L- let's try to give a picture for it and understand it. Um, let's say, God forbid. I just I just need to pick the case because um, I, I just need the case to bring out a point. Somebody sees. God forbid, a child of his running after somebody else to kill them. And the way to stop him is only by killing him. When he does it, if he can do it, and he does it, he's not demonstrating that he likes the other person more than his child. What he's demonstrating is the horror of wrong overweighs any feelings I might have. Murder overweighs murder, overweighs anything else. It's not, if I have to save one of two, I'll always save my child. That's obvious. But when when I need to, to say the, the, the absolute morality of murder versus a, a love for a child, there's no, there's no question. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not playing games. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the right thing to do is, it's as right as anything we can imagine, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Halel Olam. So the question is, my sense of right, it says the word Avayir Hashem, it's not friend versus friend. That's, that's not Avayir Hashem. Avayir Hashem means, for us, it means what is absolutely right, what is absolutely emis, versus what we naturally want, what we naturally are driven to. So the Ramam is saying what it demonstrates is that no matter how powerful human emotions and instincts are to a certain Indian, um, what's right should overweigh that. Um, in many ways, I mean, we, 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 we're very used to it. When a person makes a bris, you know, you take, a, for a mother to see a child, you know, it, it, it's always a kind of emotional. Um, you know, mother seeing a child, uh, and I know that Malka is very experienced, and uh, Malka here, or, yes, Malka is very experienced, and it almost doesn't hurt, but it's still quite traumatic for a mother um, to see a child. Um, it, you know, an infant, a mother is so protective, and um, I remember we told somebody once ago, we have to rush home, to, we have to go here, There's a, um, and we're having a circumcision of a grandchild, and also you're a, uh, like, are you a doctor? No, but but it's a great event. It's a it's a, it's a big you know like a party, a happy. I don't, I don't know what to say. And what like how what? It, it, you know, and yet we do it. We do it because having a bris overweighs. It, it's so against the real instincts of a mother to, to give up a baby and and have him hurt and and bleeding. And it, the answer is because what is right. Kashmir said this is right. Overweighs the natural instincts. We had, Avram Bin had no understanding why, but if I got Shprok who said it, then it was right, and it was Emmett, and it has to overweigh every bit of natural inclination a person has. I think that's the right translation of Av and Yira here. I mean, you can't imagine, well, it's, it's either me or your son. Who do you pick? That, that's, it's stupid. It's putting it, it's putting it in, 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 in crass terms and, and in, in very childish terms. It's the, the Av and Yira Hashem is, this is the right thing. This is the right thing. And it has to overweigh that. Um, now he adds another point, which is very, um, it, it's, it's extremely fitting for the Ramam to at this point. The Ramam says, The Pesach says it was after the third, you know, it, 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 they, they went for a few days, and at the third day they saw it. He says, um, why? What's, what's this thing of, of a few days? And Avram jumped at the opportunity. It would have been like an ecstatic type of, of, of fervor without thinking. It took him a few days till he would do it. It was an act done with thinking and with, with pondering it. In, in, um, the the uh, the the uh, point of when a person does something out of a momentary ecstasy, even if it's good, but it's not coming from the person's real deep understanding. There's an extraordinary um, an extraordinary word from Avram Gajenski. Avram Gajenski was the last mashkiach of Slavotki in Europe. Um, my father's friend was actually very close with him. He was killed 
in the war by the Nazis. And he was part of the Slavatska Muslim movement where thinking and being on top of yourself and in command of yourself was very much part of that. And he writes in his Hakadam, I think, he says, it's a very interesting thing. When we say Kriyashma, we think, um, you know, when we come to the whole Nafshecha, we always imagine we're standing on kind of fire and, uh, and, a, and a guy tells us to Shema and we jump into the fire. He said, why do people picture themselves jumping into the fire and not walking into the fire? He said, because if we'd have to walk, we'd never do it. It's only by jumping that we can do it. In other words, we can sort of short-circuit our seichel, but we can't bring our seichel to do that. So, so we can jump into it. That's kind of, you know, the override switch. But now, Avraham Avinu had three days to think about it, and he did it out of the deepest of thoughtful conviction rather than just um, a momentary ecstasy. Um, and this, by the way, was one of the, in the Muslim movement in general, as opposed to fiery drushes that would kind of work up people and get them very heated up, there was a, um, a thoughtful process that would slowly change a person's understanding. And the Chazinish has a very a fascinating letter. Um, it, it came out recently in the third volume of, of Iker's Chazinish. There were a group of Kadnoim and Yerushalayim that asked him to participate in, in, in some demonstration about something terrible that's going on. And he writes, the heart of every God-fearing Jew is in sympathy with you. But what can I do? I've learned Torah with, through such a gear all my life, through such difficulty, that I've learned to weigh everything with the scales of Seichel. And I just can't determine it's the right thing to do. In other words, emotions flare up, but Seichel is not with me in this one. And then he says, um, there was nothing else that could have motivated him. He didn't do it in order because he was scared of Akash Prabhu, because what did Akash Prabhu do to him? More than this. I need a vacation. Now I'm sure I need a vacation. 
I mean, we, we, we tend to think of Nevoah as kind of a vague, mystical sense of something. So, so, so if, if that's the way Nevoah appears, then how can a person say, oh, it means I should take my son a shech? It, it can't mean that. It, it, it's, it's not possible. If there's any doubt, if in any way it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of not, it, it, if it's anything but absolutely clear in the floor, then he should have said, it doesn't mean that. It means something else. It's like a dream. I'll reinterpret it differently. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. It's not emes. It can't be emes. How strong and resolute is a Nevoah to a Navi? It was a dream. At the end of the day, a Nevoah came through a dream. Since prophecy comes through a dream, and, and a person's imagination is a vehicle that it comes through, so sometimes a, a, a Navi would say, you know what, I don't know, it's kind of, I think I saw it, I, I sort of imagine, I would assume it's like that. That's what it would mean. So the, so, so the parish is telling us, Nevoa to a Navi is as real as a person talking to him. If someone were to tell me that all the people sitting in the room is a figure of my imagination, I would not believe it, or I would, I would say, okay, then I have no sense of reality because this is my strongest sense of reality. And if you're telling me that all this is not true, then it's finished. And a Navua to a Navi was as certain as a person sitting across and talking to you. He never, it's, it's not a vague thing that maybe it is clear. It's like every other bit of reality that you pick up by your senses or with your mind. As real as this is a table, as real as two and two is four, that's how real Akash Prabhu speaks to me. The Listen, this is the weak link. Avram could have said, listen, if Akash Prabhu was to tell me, I would certainly do it. But I'm not sure that he told me. It can't be that that's what I heard. That, that, could have, that would have been the, the weakest link, and that could have gone. The lawyer and the was to fuck him by Chalom Shal Nevoah. For nothing, every doubt it is Nevoah. Or you hire some Sotik Rashi to go Maris and Nevoah. Or if they had any doubts, they've never agreed to do something which nature, which a person's most basic nature doesn't allow him to do it. He never could have done it if he had the slightest doubt in whether or not Nevoah was really meaningful. And then the Ramah concludes, It's most fitting that this is, it should happen for Avram and Yitzhak. Avrom is the first one to proclaim Yichud. Avrom is the one who started teaching people about Emuna and and Achdas Hashem and drawing people to it. Avrom Avinu was not only someone who attained these things. His mode was that of a teacher. His mode was somebody who, who, who his, his mohus was to proclaim it, to be mitzvah bonav, v'shem d'avshan atzok ha-mishpat. U'kemoy shenimshechu achadei oisav ha-mitiyos, 
And just like people were drawn to what Avram said and thought and gave to understand, that's how they had to learn from what he did. They learned from what Avram spoke, and Akedah could never be spoken. Nobody could have said a drush about Akedah. The only way that Akedah could have been taught is through doing it. The Kolshkin Dosa Pa'ula, and certainly when this act reinforced um, the, the, the fundamental of the Yes. 